to live. Okay, good morning. So this will be in the Kudim Toyush for the Sarkalim part two. So last week I laid out first of all what is Toyhu or another name for it is Nakudim because it's Nakudis, which we'll talk about more now. You know right in the beginning of Chumash, it actually refers to it. Second Posak after Breshis Bodalikim. Which refers to this world. So why would the Abish Tabakal make Tayu? Why can't he just jump to uh, a Masudadika world? So I'm gonna talk more about that Pasuk a bit, which we didn't really discuss last week. What I did discuss was, again, the role of it and the purpose of the Seysa Manas Livnes, which is that the Toyu is not an end in itself. It's part of the process of all development that before you get into creating a full, um, harmonious, so to speak, an integrated organism, first you need the development of details. Like we discussed using the example of a child, of the development of a fetus, so it begins with one cell, and this is all This is not man-made. It begins with one cell. Everything is included in there, like akudin beklei echot, just as a dugma. Eser eris, like all the energies are bound together in one keli, and then the cell begins to split throughout the trimesters of pregnancy, and what happens? The actual child begins to develop into breaks down into diverse and a multitude of many different parts and limbs and organs and cells and so on. So before the child actually is ready to be born, it takes nine months. And that's part of the process. A logical process, the way the Ebershter made it was, first becomes, starts with a nukuda achas, then comes pratim ischalkus, and then after ischalkus comes ischalkus. Ischalkus will be primarily in the world of Tikkun. But tell you, it's Ischalkus, and that's why it's called Nikudim, because it's like Nikudim's Bifne Atzme, points. <clears throat> the points are separate. Sometimes the way it's described is that in, in Atzilus, the Esesphiris are in three Kavim. You have Chochme to the right, and Bina to the left, and the Das in the middle, Chesed to the right, Kvura to the left, and Teferis in the middle. And the same thing with Netzach, Choyed, and Yesoyed, and then Malchus. And that essentially um, manifests in the human body. In the human body, we are also structured like that. There's a right, left, and a center. A right brain, a left brain, a center brain, a right arm, a left arm, and the heart in the middle. Same thing with the legs. In the Kudim, on the other hand, Chassidus Springs, the old Maimer from the Tzamech Tzedek, the Yemel HaYenis and Mocha Chedesh Maimer, in Bereshus Eiratele, the Altarebbe's Maimer with the Tzamech Tzedek Sagos, and he explains there very beautifully and eloquently 
That Nekudim, by contrast, it's Nekudazet Tachazet. The spheres are not structured. They're just Chachma, Bina, Das, in that order from Chachma through Malchus. And that alone tells you it's not Hiskalus. Because Hiskalus means right, left, center. And the center keeps, keeps, uh, keep, creates the harmony. Like we know in the Mishkan. Briach HaTichin. That's Vavriach Min that's like the middle, like the spine of the human body. God forbid a person didn't have a spine. Would not be able to be a proper structure. Every structure needs at least three legs. A table can't stand on two legs. There's dinim about it with sukkah and other things. So a structure needs three. Four is even better, but three is the main structure, right, left, and center. In the Kudim, in Tayu, everything is zeh So you can't call it a structure. It's more the points, but it's ten spheres, yeah. So that's no longer like Akudim, ten all bound in one kelly. Now we have ten Aedis and ten Kelim. Like example would be the fetus. It's developed, but it's not yet viable. Because it's not yet fully developed to the point where it can really work together. A healthy human being consists of both elements. Totally stalkus, which means every organ and limb has its own particular role to play. But also total hiskalus that interconnectivity that it all works together. So we'll be talking a lot more about it when we talk about Tikkun. But it comes up, pairs at least to me, at least to my life. So there's a moment called Al-Kain Yemer HaMeshlim Tafresh Sadik Aleph from the Fridika Reb. It's quoted a number of times in the famous moment, Bostelagani Tafshin Lamar Aleph from the Rebbe and other places, with the Rebbe, the Fridika Rebbe, based on earlier my modem, lays out and asks the big question. He says, how could it have been a chetet tzadas? The world was created, a perfect world. How could it have been a chetet tzadas? How is it even possible? There has to be a scenario where it's possible. And he goes into an explanation that nothing starts on its own. It begins, it evolved from the Mir Talavona that happened on day four of creation. And that, in turn, is a result of the Shvita Sakelin that happened in Teu. And that's directly a result of the Simpson That's what he says there. Which, in, uh, in psychological terms, which I was using last week a lot, because I think it helps understand, first of all, Teu and Tikkun very well, and also as a real application, is that it works like this. There's no problem that begins with a problem. It always begins on a small level. God forbid a person has a small infection. They don't deal with it. It begins to fester, and then it can grow into a monster. And you hear all illness, if you can catch it in the beginning, nip it in the bud, as they say, you can resolve the issues. So everything begins on a much more subtle level. It is Ezer Chacham Areyes HaNeled that can look at something and diagnose right away and say, you better address it right now, because this can become a much bigger problem. Same as psychologically. Not, the biggest problems you see never began that way. You know, when you see battles in, the, God forbid, in the domestic situation, Sholem Bayes, or parents and children or other things, it didn't begin with a battle. Somewhere something happened that was not addressed properly, or it was put, put under the carpet, meaning covered up, and that festered and festered and grew into something. Now we have to deal with a whole fire. It's like, much like a fire. You know, a little spark, God forbid, lights a little fire. If you extinguish it right away, great. You don't, the fire starts spreading. And psychologically and emotionally and spiritually, it's the same thing. So what the Friedrich Rebbe is explaining is that every chet, every problem begins with something 
that lead, uh, let, created a breeding ground. It's, called, it's like a uh, combustion chamber. The explosion doesn't happen. First you have the gas growing and toxins growing and growing and accumulating. And then there comes like a volcano. It doesn't erupt overnight. It's years and years. Who knows how many years that the pressures build up and then it erupts. And the same thing was, is in, in every possible way. So in that context, then Toyu, as I explained last week, and I want to just re- repeat it because I think it's a critical component to understand it well, is Toyu is really, in a way, a market correction, so to speak. It's actually a, a reality check. Because after the Simpson addition, a major distortion happened. Elikus is no longer Bipshitis. The Hergish of Nivroim is that Elimus is Bipshitis and Elikus is Bishachos. That's not a small shift. You know, it's like the, the, the famous story with um, the Chosin and the not Chosin debating whether God exists. They're back and forth, back and forth. You know, you could say a philosopher and a Chosin. And you know, obviously they don't get to any resolution. So finally the Chosin is all, he's already, he's already fed up. He says to him, you know, I envy you. Because you think about God all the time. To be honest, I think about myself all the time, or most of the time. Anyway, the guy, the philosopher, thought he was a, a, what a compliment from such a big chassid. And he'd go around proud, say, I got an endorsement from the chassid that I think about God all the time. Until he either got older and more mature or somebody enlightened him that it was actually an insult. Because what the chassid was saying to him, you don't think about yourself because you know you exist. But you, the question is whether God exists. So you question, does God exist? Does God not exist? Why does he exist? So you think about God all the time. By a chosid, it's, it's elikuz b'pshitis. God for sure exists. He doesn't have to think about it. His question is, do I exist? Am I a dimian? Am I an illusion? Do I really exist? Why do I exist? What's my purpose? So it's not two different, it's not semantics. It's a completely different way of looking. Eneid molvade, from the eyes of Eneid molvade, Eneid soflifniat simtsum, in the Lashon of the Eitz Chaim, that we discussed weeks and weeks ago. There's no room for anything because all you have is elikus. However, you explain elikus, but all it is is one one consciousness called elikus, divine consciousness. The simsum is a concealment, not from the point of view of the Ebrister. The simsum is not ma'ilim chazrasholim legabe lemaila, but it's legabe lemakabel. Like a teacher doesn't lose his intelligence just because he's concealing it from the student, but from the student right now, the student doesn't hear anything. It's silent. And it's only after the kav, where the Ebrister begins to be mamshecha, er, kav kotzer, kav v'chut, that we begin to start understanding elikus. But now what's changed is a fundamental shift, like thinking of turning the the glove inside out. What does that mean? When you see a hand inside a glove, it's very clear. The hand is the ikka, the glove is just the lavush. But imagine someone says, the glove is the ikka and the hand is the lavush. Or the hand is the dovet tofu. That's why it's called klippas, that Shalor says. Why is it called klippa? Klippa doesn't seem like a negative thing. Klippa means a shell, a husk, like an eggshell, like a potato peel, an orange peel. So why is it called klippa? Because initially it's klippa shemir lepri, when you know that the whole purpose of the peel is only to protect the fruit inside, no problem. But as soon as you forget there's a fruit, and you think the peel is the ikir, which is basically someone living a materialistic life, and doesn't realize that all of it is really only a emtsoi to the koma sechel Hashem Shemayim, called the chacha de'eyu, koma shabara kosh baruch be'lam el lechveideh. You forget about the chveideh, 
so all you're left with is an outside peel. This is essentially how most people live their lives. I would say all of us live our lives. So the clipper part, why is it called clipper? Because when you make the ikr tuffle and the tuffle ikr. And some people even forget there's a fruit. So that is the marshal that the, the Rebbe brings from the Magid. Famous sikh I mentioned many times, Tu Bishvat Lama Tes, when the Rebbe was crying uncontrollably. The marshal of the father hiding from the child in order to elicit the ingenuity of the child to be able to find the father. That's a marshal for the tzimtzum. What problem is, the helm is so good, the father is very, God knows how to hide himself well. And the child stops looking. And the Rebbe says, And after a while, the child gives up. But the child is not shoulder, the Rebbe says. But why not? Because the father concealed himself so well. The Abish is a good keich, just like he has a keich hagil, he has a keich hahelam. So really, all the problems become when the child gives up looking and he starts living his own life. And like, this is regular life. I don't know who says there's a father or who says I have to look for the father. So all the problems began from a helm that was kavanose gili. But the helm becomes an Indian in itself. The klipa becomes, and that's on a lower level, of course, klipa. The kalim become an end in itself instead of being a keli te'ir. That's when the beginning of the root of the issues are. Toyu is a direct expression of that because Toyu is margish alakus. It's a divine world. Toyu was not created by us, created by the Ebishter. That matzav. So on one hand, the Eiris Amirubim, it's Margish Alakus. On the other hand, it doesn't know how to deal with it because there's an, there's an in, uh, dis, it was called a, a dissonance, a disparity, an imbalance between the Eir and the Keli due to the Tzimtzumarish. So in Toyu is where it comes to expression that ultimately it will explode. Wherever there's an imbalance, ultimately it's going to explode. So is the explosion a good thing or a bad thing? The truth is, if you think about it, it's actually a good thing. Imagine a person has inside them tremendous conflict and tension, but they control themselves, they cover it up. They make believe it doesn't exist. Is that better? Or better that they should express it to somebody and say, here's my matzib, I'm in a very difficult situation. So most of us are trained, keep it to yourself and be quiet. But the truth is, anything that really is, is going to be, is, is creating real tension, I'm, I'm not talking about if you can will it away and it disappears. We're talking about it always remains there. This is really all trauma and all real pain is in that place. The question is whether you're aware of it or you're not aware of it. So the explosion is actually an expression that there's something wrong. So in a way, is actually a statement that go do something about it. It's like, why are we in pain? No one likes pain. But pain is telling you it's a red flag, it's like a red light telling you there's a problem. Why is there pain in the human body? Because something's not working properly. If we didn't feel pain, ask, I mean, this doesn't need any doctor, but you ask anyone, if a person, for example, said, I'll numb my nerves, I won't feel pain. We would be extremely dangerous. You wouldn't be able to feel your tongue, which means you can bite your tongue, and so on, and even worse things. Because you wouldn't know that something's wrong. Pain is essentially telling you something's wrong, do something about it. So pain is actually a warning signal. So it's like a, giving you a, a, a warning ahead of time to do something. So again, it's not it's telling you something's wrong, and now we need to fix it. So that is what I, summing up a bit more about Ichus, what I spoke about last week. I want to go now to a second thing that Toyo accomplishes. So you've probably heard this many times, and Chassidus brings it very often. 
from the Arizal. The big question, since Daimim Tzameach Chai Medaber, the Medaber is superior to Chai Tzameach and Daimim, so why are we dependent on lower species for our sustenance? We have to, if we have to eat. Why are they able to make it that way? Why can't we just get sustained straight from our, uh, from Mokarachayim, from the Ebersh himself? Anashama should feed the body. Why do you need food? Which comes either from Daimim, Tzameach, or Chayim. So that is all explains, answers, because the, 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 the higher the Nitzutz is, the lower they fall. So even though Taket Daimim, Tzameach, Chayim are lower in Giluyim than a Medaber, because a Medaber obviously can dominate we have the power, we can control even animals that are a lot physically stronger than us. We're smarter. So we're a superior uh, species. So in Giluim. But in the Shadish, the Nitsutsis in Daimim is higher than the Nitsutsis in Semeach, and, and the Semeach is higher than in Chai. And in some way, it's higher than the Nitsutsis of the Medabah. And, and he explains that that means the Nitzutzis of Teyu. Teyu is where the root of Demim Tzimei come from. And, and the way it's explained, and this is how Shvidus Kalim is explained, that Shvidus Kalim, physically, when you break containers, what happens? What happens to the broken shards of the Kalim? It uh, scatters. Where did it scatter? Now here it's not Begashmi's, it's So it's scattered in what, this is the concept of what we call Nitzutzik Dusha. And specifically, there are Pach Nitzutzik Dusha, 288. How do we know it's 288? Back to the Posuk in Bereshis, second Posuk. And that's understood because Cheshech is a result of the Tzimtzum. And in Toyu, it's manifesting that Cheshech. Yes, on one hand, there's Oyer, but it's, a, but it's not Mesudr, and it creates ultimately a Shvira. And then he says, the mysterious line... What is that? You ask anyone who reads it the first time, Pshat. It's like, does, the, the, the Posuk itself in general is a very uh, mystical Posuk. But what's the Ruach Halikim And where is the Ruach Halikim before? The Ebersh is not everywhere. What is this Ruach Halikim Merachefes Says that Rizal, that the word Merachefes is uh, the letters Rapach Mes. Merachefes, which is also a word. It means hovering. But it's made, come up, made up of two words, Rapach, 288 mess that died. And he calls that the Shvira Sakelim. The second place is a Remes for Shvira Sakelim is the end of Pasha Vayishlach, where it talks about the Melochim of Esav, sorry, Esav, and it says Vayimlach Vayomos, Vayimlach Vayomos. It says it six times and then the seventh time. Vayimlach Vayomos, and he says Vayimlach Vayomos is the Edis and Kelim of Teu. The Vayimlach is the Ksarim, like Melach. And we'll talk about that in a moment, why it's called Ksarim, the Sviris of Tayu. And Vayomos is the Shvira. Now, I don't want to go into the details, but there's a longer discussion whether the Shvira happens on all Sviris from Chachma through Malchus, or as the Rebbe's father explains in the Kutlevi Yitzchok, and the Rebbe's discussed it a few times as well, that the real Shvira is in the lower levels. In the higher levels, he calls it a Siluk. So there's a different effects, but regardless, something happened all of Toyo. A disruption happened. The question is whether you can call it a Misa, or you call it Siluk, or you call it Shvira. There's another discussion, not really so much for right now. Just talking the general concept. So, 
So basically, Vuduach Alekim Rachefes or Pnei Hamayim means that that even though there's Cheshach Pnei Hasehim, which means darkness, and uh, and there's a uh, and there's a Merachefes, which means that Apachne Tzutzis have essentially, due to the Shvira, have spread everywhere. But it's Ruach Halakim. There's still a Ruach Halakim there. It didn't disappear. So let me just explain it with a, with a Moshel. I think can really capture it. In Ayin Beis, there's actually a few Moshalim as well on this, but I'll use this Moshel. Imagine somebody uh, writes a book, Sefer. And then they start tearing up the pages and scatter them from, uh, let's say, uh, the roof of a building. And suddenly you have all over the place little pieces of paper. But the now, if you look at them, take any piece, it's not going to make any sense. Because it's all like a, maybe a letter, a word at most. And then your mission, you're told, is to go gather them together and put, them pla- and like put back the puzzle together, piece them back together, until you get the story of what that Sefer or the book was saying in other words, recreate the narrative which has now been scattered all over the place. So this is a muscle for what Shvita Sakhalim accomplished. Um, that it created, it took the, the powerful divine energy in Tayu, which was, and, and the Kalim, and it created that the Kalim get shattered. The Kalim, remember, are also divine. They're not man-made, they're divine. And scattered it, and ultimately in the language of Chabal Aksidus, was nafel, v'yated, it fell in biyah. That's like the scattered pieces. And the mission of a neshama coming, up, coming down lamata, and the shiris and neshama lamata, in this world, is each of us is allocated a certain amount of sparks, which the sparks are the sparks inside those little pieces, the little fragments, to gather them together, and that's what's called birur hanetzutz. What does birur mean? In halacha, birur is to separate or to clarify. But then we also have the expression birur, hala, zichuch. All these words are all coming to explain what our job is. And put it simply put, you and I, every one of us in this world, were given a certain amount of nitzutzik dusha to elevate. Where are they? In everything you do. In the food you eat, like I mentioned, in the work you do, even when you walk down the street. So you have, on its own, if you don't do anything, it's just a piece, a fragment, that doesn't make sense necessarily. But if you use it L'Shem Shemayim, you eat L'Shem Shemayim, or you do anything that you're doing, you're taking that little fragment and connecting it to its purpose. And ultimately connecting all the fragments of your life to one kavana, to make a dira b'tachtenim. So you've actually collected everything that you've done in your life on a daily basis and directing it to the matada, the purpose for which it was created. If you don't do it, then it remains separate fragments and that's what life is like, a fragmented life. A united life means, not that you don't have details, but the details are part of a larger story. What's the story? The story is the kavana for which you were created. Now, each one of us has our particular shlichus. So each one of us is a different part of the world where we live, different type of keiches we have, different situations, different opportunities that come our way. So no person is alike in Dei Sein Shavas. So each of us have Nitzut Now, 
I know the question may arise, didn't the Rebbe say we already finished the Buddha on the Tzutzis? It's a good question, which I'll discuss afterwards, because that comes later. I'm talking now throughout history. This has been the way we understand Avedis Adam. That's why you'll find Aksidis. What is Avedis Adam? Avedis Habirudim. That's the Losh. Or Birah Nitsutsis, or Nitsutsigdusha. I mean, this language is everywhere. But sometimes we don't stop and think what exactly does it mean. I mean, everyone has a general idea, but it's actually the Nitsutsis that fell from Tayyu. So what that is, I'll say, Aksidis explanation, Barichis is, that's like Yerid, it's Erechaliyah. And the Shaman Ganeidin, whether in Bria or in Yetzira, doesn't have this Avedah. Because there, Toyu did not have an impact. I should correct myself. It had an impact, but not quite the way it, would, the way it has in Elam Asiyah In this world is where the scattered and fragments that fell from the Shvira Saikalim, they come in this world. So when a Shama is in Ganeidin, it doesn't have this issue. There's no, everything is very clear there. It's a question, what level of elokus? But there's no any of pirud. I mean, it's Amad de Prude, but it's not pirud as we know it in this world. So when the Shama comes down below, so even though the Neshama, the Neshama Beguf, the Medaber is higher than the Demi Tzimei Achai, but in those things are sparks that when the Neshama elevates that spark, it creates an Ali in the Neshama. Now the truth is, we all know Neshama is rooted higher than Toyo. But that's in Shei Rishashe. In Ishtalshalus, there's a Maile, like when we say, Kola Yedit, Kola Gavayim, Gavayim, Yesi, Nafala Matamata Yesi. The example Chassidus gives that a stone on top of a wall will fall farther than the stone in the middle of the wall or the bottom of the wall. So that applies to this concept, that the Shvidas HaKalim, therefore, created this situation of these fragments. Now you could say, what's the mile in that? What exactly is the purpose of that? Well, going back to the point, the purpose of it is that, first of all, now we have a real Aveda to do. If Shvidas HaKalim never happened, you'd never really be able to go back to states Tzimtzum and Pre-Tzimtzum, like I mentioned before. But more importantly, what Toyo explains is the Nefila Shalei Be'erech. When something falls, they say Nefil, Nefila of Shvira Sakelim, it explains a, uh, a, a big leap. If hypothetically we skip Toyo, and it went from Akudim to Atzilus, to Tikkun, and to Bri Yitzir Nasiyah, you would have a question, a philosophical question. How did a world like this become created where everything is fragmented and one thing is not connected to the other, Begoli at least. So you could say that Simpson Adishan created a concealment, but who created the fragmentation? L'chayre, from Akudim, Okud B'klei Achad, Atzilus is Elikus, Bria is more of a Helem, Yitzir even more, Asiya. But Tayu comes to explain the, the, the leap, Shalei Berach, that we can live in a world that literally feels like, when you think about it, is like a broken world. That's why we call it a broken world. A world broken, because it means it's made up of many different parts. And I've done many workshops on this topic, even with very secular people, and everyone responds to this. I say to people, make a list of everything you did today, till from the morning, they woke up till at night, till you go to sleep. Make a list. And I give people some time, they make the list, it's usually around 100 items, everything. You woke up, you pressed the snooze button, you, whatever, you got up and you, you exercised, took a shower, you had a coffee, a tea, you, then you uh, read the newspaper. It doesn't make a difference what it is. Everybody has their own regimen. And then you list everything till that night. Then you went to work. You had an appointment meeting, a lot of 
wasted time, this thing and that. You know, everybody's got their stuff that they do. Leisure things, important things. And then at night, there's another say that everybody has the things they do at night. And then I said to, say to the people, tell me, make a, now connect a thread to the, all these items that you did today and how many things are connected to one to the next. And across the board, most are not connected. What does that have to do with tying your shoelaces in the morning to with, uh, with uh, the, having a dinner at night with your family? No connection between that. And so suddenly people see a picture of their day and you see how many different pieces there are. It's called disjointed pieces. That's what life looks like for most people. So people say, okay, so big things, so what? So I do a lot of different things called multitasking. No, but there's an issue here. Imagine every day accumulate. One day after the next day, week after week, month after month, year after year, century after century, that's a decade after decade, century after century. At some point, you have millions and millions of fragments in your life. Now, you may say, what? who cares? But you know something? Human beings, it's like there's an expression that nature abhors fragmentation. Like if you come into your house, or you come into a room, and the whole place is a churm, it, it, it disturbs us. We like seder. Now, what seder is, is very different from one person to another. I know people who have a, a desk that's filled to the ceiling with papers, and they think it's seder. And when you ask them, how do you find anything? He says, tell me what you want. And I say, and they're able to pull out a paper, and they know how to do it in a way that the whole thing doesn't fall apart. Other people, you come, it's an empty desk, everything is filed. So in Seder, I understand there are different opinions. But everybody, a human being, like say, take, give a child, even a baby. I mean, a baby that's old enough to play a game. Give them objects of different sizes, like circles, or squares, or rectangles, or uh, triangles. And you'll see, they'll right away fit them into the holes. That's what children do. Because we, we naturally gravitate toward order. That's the nature of a human being. It doesn't need any chinuch for that. Chinuch can teach you how to create order among chaos. But order is something that we naturally gravitate to, and it creates calm and peace. And when there's chaos, it creates confusion, and we get overwhelmed, and we get disturbed. This is a, a rule across the board. So I'm just giving you a, a simple application and then I tell the people, so now, how do we create a, a thread that all the items of your day can be connected? That can only be if you have a purpose in life. If you know that your mission is to bring godliness into this world. Your mission is to be ish uh, chesed. So then everything in the day, even the small things, in the morning or in the afternoon in the evening, are all directed to that higher purpose. You're being oselim mikdash v'shachanti b'seicham. So all the details are becoming directed and I can tell you right away, when people hear that for the first time, they're like almost amazed. Because nobody thinks that you can really create unity amidst fragmentation, or seder amidst chaos. But it's just another way of, of translating what the kavon of teyu is, with the matoda that we have now. Now, to create such fragmentation can only come through a shvira. It could not come through a regular seder ishtashlis. If you want something to be scattered and fragmented, you have to break it. There's no way. If you stood on a, on, on a rooftop and threw down an object and it didn't break, it wouldn't break into parts. So it has to have some shvira in order for it to account for this, uh, we'll call it quantum leap, from a state of ardus to a state of pirud. So even though on its own it's not a good thing, like I said last week, on Beit Yem Sheni we don't say kitev, because Begoli, it's not teif. It's, it's, it's ischalkos, it's machlekes, it's, device, it's a diversity which can lead to divisiveness. But in Shem Shlishi, we say, 
Because the kavon of Yem Sheni is to get to Yem Shlishi, Sholem, to create Sholem and harmony amidst this diversity and this, uh, this fragmentation. So if you think about it, essentially the whole concept of Birur HaNetzutzis, or Aveda Sa'odam, that we go out in the world, and I'll use even the world's Eisis of Shlichas, the Rebbe would bring the Eloshan always, Echad Mehem Golol Barbarie, Echad Mehem Lesarmatia. Then after Churm Beis HaMikdash, what happened? The Golos began. What was the main thing of Golos? Shepizur and Beinomus. We were spread all over the nations. You know, this way we lived in Eretz Yisrael. Yerushalayim was the Irabira, Aliyah Laregel three times a year. There was a central headquarters, so to speak, a Sanhedrin. Everything was in place. A certain Ardus. Suddenly, Golos created Pirud. That suddenly, Pizur and Beinomus. But here's the Maimah Chazal, modern Maimah Chazal, seemingly. What kind of zdok is that? It's an enosh. We say, What kind of zdok? What's the zdok of the Abish to spread us across the nations? That's the whole goal. Is we want to go back there to Israel, Mashiach. What kind of zdok is it? So, one of the Biyudim Chsidis gives, the Mitla Rebbe explains it, and the Rebbe brings it quite often as well. Is based on another Maimah Chazal, that the Jews didn't go into Golas only to increase Gaidim. But we also know Gaidim is Koshal Kisapachas. It's not something we go look for Gaidim. What does this mean? So the, the Mitla Rebbe explains, it's based on the Mitla Alta Rebbe's Mamorim. Gaidim is referring to the Nitzutzik Dusha that are estranged. What's a Gaid? A Gaid is a stranger. Lamaila, the Nitzutzik Dusha, are all in their place. But Lamata, through Dutta Shudas HaKelim, the Nitzutzik Dusha become Gedim. They're estranged. They're like, they are displaced from where their original place is. And the Kavon of Golas is, Lahesiv Am Gedim, is to us to gather these Nitzutzik Dusha and elevate them. And that's the word, Tzdoka Sarkozh Baruch. The Golas is not the Tzdoka. The Pizun Beina Umis that were spread everywhere, like Shrita Sakalim that created a spreading everywhere, is actually a bracha in disguise, because that allows us to go all over the world and ultimately gather the sparks and the Nitsutsik Dusha, or if you wish the English term would be the spiritual opportunities that lie every place in the world. This is the essence, if you want the Chsidish expression of what Mishlichus means in Vayeshev Tovshinun Beis, the Sikh of Shabbos Pasha Vayeshev. The Rebbe uses this to explain why do we say we're closer to the Gula than ever, Ramamash on the threshold. So he says because this is the first time in history that you have Eden everywhere in the world and doing the work of elevating the Nitzutzis in every part of the world. Till, for example, um, and just to drive the, explain the point a little more and then you could also understand the Rebbe's whole beer of why the Nitzutz Birudim are finished, Avedis Abedudim. So in Teda Eir, he asks a question. Oh, he doesn't put it as a question, but he, but he answers this following question. If Adam and Chava had not eaten from Eitz Adas, what would have happened? So Mashiach would have come. That would have been the Gula. So now we go thousands of years later, the Gula come, when the Gula comes now, so what did we achieve? They could have achieved it back then. What did we exactly accomplish over all these years? If the Gula could have come then. And the same could be asked throughout the history. Every time, 
could have been Moshe Rabbeinu in the, in the Midbar. Had done what they had to done. They would have gone straight there to Israel and brought the Beis HaMikdash Ashlishi. Or it would have been the Beis HaMikdash Nitzchi. Wouldn't be Ashlishi. It would have been the first, but it would have been Nitzchi. So the Alter Rebbe gives a very powerful Moshev. He says, when Adam and Chava were placed in Gan Eden, also their Kavona was Avedis HaBerurim. However, you can do Berurim Lamayla Lamata, Lamata Lamayla. And he gives the Moshev of an Avuka. Avuka is a, a big torch. If you have a very powerful torch, it will be Meshech. It will be drawn the Nitzutz and Dusha to the torch. You don't have to go to each Nitzutz and elevate it. You make a very powerful light and everything is drawn to it. Had Odom and Chava done what they had to do, it would have been like a powerful torch and it would have been elevated the whole world. Basically, entire universe. The entire earth. Including Chatzikadratach, including Eretz Yisrael, including everywhere. They wouldn't have to actually go. They were, Ganadin is more or less estimated to be somewhere where today it would be southeastern uh, Iraq. It was definitely not Eretz Yisrael, with its four Nahadis are, not Pishin and Nachdekla, etc. So that would have been, be Meshach all the Nitzutz. Since they didn't do the job, so they to, what do you do when two people didn't finish the job or didn't accomplish the job? You break down the job to more people, their children. And now they have to go get the Nitzutzes. So the whole explanation of what's called transmigration, of generation after generation of people multiplying, and also migrating to other countries, was really the Abish's way of saying, okay, you can't do it on my Lamata, so then go and travel. But in the beginning, it was still more or less around Ghanaian, that area. And then comes Avram, and he goes to Tzuknan, and Tzisrael. And this, the Rebbe explains, is the whole purpose when we always say, the Friedrich Rebbe came in Tafshin 82 years ago, and the Rebbe came 81 years ago, Tamer. What's the big thing? And, you know, we repeat this so many times over and over. The word is very straightforward. is the place, as the Friedrich Rebbe writes in a letter explaining to the Rebbe, where Matan Tere did not happen. That's what the Alter Rebbe says. So the Rebbe asked the, 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 the Friedrich Rebbe, what does that mean? Matan Tere happened all over the world. It says, Tzipra left Tzipzif, the whole world was affected by it. So Friedrich Rebbe writes in a letter, in the Igres, it's printed in Tov Shechess, he writes the Echel L'Cheshnov, to the Rebbe, that the Vort is Begoli, Matan Tere didn't happen. Chachikadra Elyon is the hemisphere where Eretz Yisrael is, the same hemisphere where Europe is, and Russia, and more, most of Asia, or part of it at least, is what's called the New World is America, the Americas and Canada and this part of the world. And that's what the Alta Rebbe saying, but Goli didn't happen. When the Friedrich Rebbe came to America, started a new Shlav, because now we still didn't bring Mashiach. So till now, we could have done the Avedim, and that would have been Moshech and draw the Nitzutzis of America and the lower Chatzikadr, including Australia, South Africa, whatever. But since that wasn't accomplished, so the same idea, so now people have to move, Eden had to move to America and make that the Merkis and the center of Chassidus and Tera Chassidus to, be, to elevate the sparks from So now the Chiddush is, as the Rebbe brings from Shari Eira, that the Chiddush is, when you, when you, when you draw the Nitzutzes, it's a very powerful Aveda, but it's not the Primius. Because it's not that every nitzutz was actually elevated. It was drawn due to the great power from Lamaila. Now, when we do that, it takes a lot longer, 
but it's a far more primizdika, because now the birur is a primi, because we actually go to each location. And the Rebbe explains it by the fact that we speak different languages, and we wear different clothing, and we follow the culture, as long as it's api In other words, we go and adapt to each culture in each part of the world, and what we're in effect doing is elevating that part, and that's what he says of Vayeshev Tovshin and Bez is the Chiddush today. That we never did. To be able to say we're everywhere in the world and every piece of the earth is covered. Now you may ask one second, does that mean, what's that? We didn't, uh, the earth has, have we walked on every uh, piece of earth and we've been in every part of the ocean? Obviously not. But the, the Rebbe qualifies that already. It says in Tanya that when they brought a Minchas Selis carbon, it elevated the whole Minat Semeach. So it doesn't mean you have to actually go and elevate every, uh, every apple and uh, orange and uh, mineral. You have to be in the general area and the Klolos Hamin, and that already elevates the rest of the min of that species. So I'm just putting a context a bit, this whole toyu and the Meitikun um, uh, purpose of it is really understanding this whole idea of Ruach HaLekim HaRachefes Al Pnei our Aveda is to go into those apachnitzutzes that were mess and actually be them. And how you mechayah them? By elevating them, by using them for the purpose they have to be used. It's the spark. What's the meitzipiyavai? That's the nitzutz kedusha of Tayu. That's in the lechem. And the same thing, lechem is a shame clearly for all food and all physical things, needs. So in your home, in Mosin, in Levush, Bayis, every detail of your life, there are those sparks that are embedded, or you could say even trapped, even held hostage. And that's why it's sometimes called Pidyan Shvuyim. We're redeeming the hostages, the, the, basically the divine sparks that are being held hostage in this material world. And you redeem it by freeing it, by elevating it, and using it to Lesham Shamayim. That is the essence of really the role of Tayu in the whole picture. So essentially, ultimately, and we'll discuss this more when we talk about Tikkun next week and the coming weeks, um, that the, ultimately the goal is that the Eiris Merubim and the Kelim Mu'atim of Tayu, which caused the Shvira, and I'm going to talk about that in a moment a bit more, should be redeemed and elevated. We, we are basically fixing the Tikkun, the repair of the broken shards of the broken pieces of this kalim as they fall into this physical world. And in them, when we do that, we, we can re-access the Eiris Merubim of Tayu, because once the kalim are rebuilt, then the Eir can return. Because remember, the Eir didn't disappear. It's just not, like I said with the book, when you tear up a page in a book, you can't read the content, so you don't see the Eir there, but there's Eir in each one of the letters. And when you piece it back together, the Eir will return. So let's say you take any, uh, any, any idea and you tear it apart in pieces. So each piece has one little oil in it that it doesn't really make sense until you put it together with other. Let's say you take the word baruch and you break up beis, reish, vav, chof. Okay, so here's, here's a beis, here's a reish, here's a vav, here's a chof. But when you piece it back together, ah, it comes back the word baruch, the meaning of bracha. And the same thing with the, the bigger picture. So all the Eira El Al-Kolona in the language of Chassidus, it's also brought in Nine uh, Bays in the beginning, is, comes back when we correct, when we repair the containers. And one final point with the Eris Merubim. So 
it obviously makes sense when you have very strong energy and you have very negligible or fragile containers, it's going to shatter. I mean, a simple example is that if there's a surge of electricity into a light bulb and there's no breaker or no filter or no regulator, it's going to blow the circuits. Called And that's the truth in any type of thing. You put, you put too much energy or water into a container, it'll break the container if it's going too fast or too powerful, too intense. Now, in, in uh, Veda, the example for this would be uh, caste, for example. When a person is overwhelmed by something and then they have an outburst of anger, it's also the eras are too strong for their caliph. It's not always the malyusa. Sometimes it could be. Even zolgo ain't of demise, when a person cries, there's also eras are stronger than the containers. So any form of um, called something being overwhelmed is like when you're um, inundating with something, it could always create a, a shvira. One of the examples that he uses, I don't think in Achre Meis Tafresh Memtes, there he talks about Nodav and Avihu, of the Rotze without a Shuv, but there's a classic example of the Tamid Rabbi Akiva, the 24,000 students that Loinalgu Kavit Zabazad, the Gemara says in Yevomis, and therefore there was a Magefa, and they died in doing Svirasemer. Until the end of the Magefa, like Baimer, of course, the big question is, you're talking here Tanoim. You're talking here um, Rabbi Akiva who taught how's it possible that they bamish the opposite of what they, they learned from their teacher? So one of the explanations given, the Rebbe speaks about it a lot, especially like Bemesichas, that it's due to their mile, not due to their chson. Because each one was so intense in their way of learning, they couldn't tolerate the other. Like it says, You know, sometimes you don't tolerate another person because the person is just a, not a nice person, is selfish. You could also not tolerate another because you're so intense and so, so passionate about your own opinion and for good reasons. That you forget there's another person. So really, it's a perfect example for Eres de Teo. The Eres de Teo are Eres of Elikus. They're Eres Eliki. It's not Klippe. It's not Lumazah. But however, the Eres are not sensitive to the Kalim and not sensitive to each, others, to each other. And Ayim Bezi explains that there's two main problems in Teo. One is the intolerance of Chachma to Bina and Bina to Das and so on, the Sviris. And the second is the lack of Iskalus, that they don't work together. He brings there the whole thing with the, to the two, the Hashemim and Pirkeovas, Amidus Deim. Shali, Shali, Shalach, Shalach. So according to the Tanakhama, that's Amidus uh, Beninis. According to the Hashemim, it's Midas Deim. Because it doesn't want to work together. You could say, what's the problem? What's yours is yours. Live and let live. No, live and let live is Hepech Teva Elam. The whole world has to work. Imagine all the organs in your body suddenly said, hey, Shali, shali, shalach, shalach. I don't want to work together with you. You won't have a human being. You won't have anything that's healthy. So basically, it is the intolerance that comes from the intensity of Gdusha. Which is why Ratzay is not enough. You need a shuv. You need bittel. And that's what's lacking in Toyu, the ultimate bittel. And because of that, the Eris Merubim overwhelm each other, as well as overwhelm the Kalim, and that causes the Shvira. The mile of the Shvira I explained. 
But still, we have to understand the root of it is again an imbalance, and the imbalance is due to the tzimtzumarish. So ultimately, the goal is going to be not just to have in tikkun. Then it says it's eres muatim bekelim merubim. Now the energies have become more tamed; they're not as intense, and the kelim are much more expanded. So it works well. But the real kavanah Siddhis explains, and the Rebbe brings it in Chavches Nissen, is that the kelim, the eres merubim bekelim. Merubim. It should be both. Eid is the teyu and kelim the tikkun, the loshen harav. Which is interesting. In other words, it's not just, okay, fine, two, two intense energies, so that's not good. We've got to lower the energy. You lower the energy in order for the keli to emerge. It's like, it's like a teacher comes down to the level of the student, doesn't overwhelm the student. But then the student's containers expand to the point that you can also be a keli, not just to the eidus muatim, but also to the eidus merubim of teyu. So you see, ultimately, it's not just in Tikkun. It's actually a Tikkun of Toyu. So Toyu will be rebuilt. We're not, we're not going to just have Tikkun. It will be the Chibur of Yichud of Toyu and Tikkun, as explained in, in some Memorim, Tereschayim and other places. Or in another language, the Chibur and Yichud of Esav and Yaakov. Esav coming from Toyu and Yaakov from Tikkun. So we'll stop here. And I think I covered it. Um, if there are any questions... I'll, maybe I'll address it next week if there are any things to add. We'll stop here. Everyone have a, a good day. And be machabri, yoteyo, and tikkun. Yeah.